Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. Today, I want to talk about three reasons every parent needs a trauma-informed education. Now, if you're a regular listener, you might be like, well, Kathleen, that's what your podcast is about or you're a little late to share this with us. But I think it's important. In fact, I actually wrote an article that I'm doing this podcast on because my friend Diane Tarantini, who has been on the podcast, she's a body safety educator. She asked me to write an article about why. She was like, so why do people need, why do parents need a trauma-informed education? And I said, I think every parent needs a trauma-informed education in this day and age. So she said, well, can you write me an article about that? So I decided to write the article and do a podcast about it. If you're a new listener and you're like, I'm not even sure if this is for me, well, now's your chance to find out whether it's for you or not. In this day and age, trauma is a word we hear so often, it might buzz right past our ears. Some of us assume trauma has nothing to do with our children, so we ignore the effects, the advice, the YouTube videos, the podcasts, and we just keep on scrolling. All the while, our kids are dealing with the fallout of trauma and its effects every day. So before I get too far into this episode, what is trauma? Let me define it. Going through very stressful, frightening, or distressing events is sometimes called trauma. When we talk about emotional or psychological trauma, we might mean situations or events we find traumatic, how we're affected by our experience experiences. That's from mind.org. And there are three main types of trauma, acute, chronic, or complex. Acute trauma results from a single incident. Chronic trauma is repeated and prolonged, such as domestic violence or abuse. Complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. And I linked the website that I got that from, Early Connections. 
With these definitions in mind, maybe trauma isn't exactly what you thought or imagined it was. Maybe the effects are far more reaching than you imagined. Trauma isn't only a car accident, house fire, mugging, etc., although those are definitely trauma. There are other sorts of trauma. In fact, there are six risk factors that indicate trauma, but I'm getting ahead of myself. And I've shared them before on the podcast, but I will share them again. Before I talk about those, let me introduce the first reason every parent needs trauma-informed education. But wait a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself again. (laughs) What is trauma-informed parenting? You might be asking yourself that. Trauma-informed parenting is parenting with the effects of trauma in mind. When parents with when you parent with trauma in mind, you are viewing your parenting through the lens of trauma. This means that you understand how trauma affects a child. And there are five B's affected by trauma: the brain, the biology, the beliefs, the body, and behavior. Okay, that's a lot. That's pretty much everything. And if you want to know more about that, I actually have a PDF on each one of those B's explaining how they are affected on my resource page. And I'll link them in the show notes. But more importantly, you have to understand when a child can't regulate or behave and thinking instead of thinking that he won't. We've all seen it. That kid just needs to behave. He just needs to behave like the kiddo in church when the worship music starts that he puts his both of his hands over his little ears because he's so overstimulated and then he starts bouncing up and down or thrashing around like is sensory overload. He can't he can't not he won't. Trauma-informed parenting means providing felt safety which means arranging the environment to suit the child and teaching the child how to navigate the world and develop coping mechanisms. So I have a podcast on felt safety, one about the kiddos and one for the parents. And if you miss those, I would suggest you go back and listen to those. Trauma-informed parenting isn't laser-focused on the outward behavior. Instead, The main goal of parenting is connection. Now, do we have to ever focus on the behavior? Of course we do. I'm not saying you just ignore the behavior. All right, now I'm finally there. Three reasons to become a trauma-informed parent. Why everyone needs to. Every parent needs to. Number one, everyone has experienced some level of trauma whether it is the paper cut version of tiny trauma, such as name calling, bullying, or feeling as if a person doesn't fit because he views the world through a different lens. And this is very common for a kiddo with a trauma history or a capital letter syndrome, FASD, ADHD, ADD, GAD, etc. All the capital letter syndromes. And here's something you can do right now. If you're not sure your child has experienced trauma, if the child is old enough 
Ask them. With the recent COVID-19 pandemic, everyone has experienced some trauma at some level. The layer of stress added to our daily lives is palatable. I've written and talked about before how I could feel it at the grocery store. Like, remember that first time going out to the grocery store with your mask on and you're like trying to stay away from people and shop, but that like you could feel it. It was just thick in the air. It was heavy. And I'm an empath, so I absorb the feelings of others. And this is overwhelmingly debilitating when going out in public and everyone's stress level is high. So maybe your, your child is an empath sponge as well. Regardless of where the trauma originates, most kiddos nowadays have experienced some level of trauma. And I mentioned earlier when I was getting ahead of myself, there are six risk factors, and these are explained in The Connected Child. These are just the primary risk factors. Number one, prenatal stress and harm. So that is when the child is still in utero. You know, it could be stress, a stressful pregnancy, drugs, alcohol, you know, something that's going on there. Number two, a difficult labor or birth. Early med- Number three, early medical trauma, a hospital stay, a surgery. Like I've said about my youngest, he was born prematurely and he had a cleft palate and a hole in his heart. So obviously he had, he had actually all three of those. And then tr- number four, trauma, like the big T traumas or the paper cut traumas. Number five, neglect, which says, gives you the belief, teaches you the belief you don't exist. And number six, abuse, which teaches the belief you don't matter. And this is very much a skeletal list. I have a link where you can learn more. Okay, so let me just go over to the little t traumas again, because they're traumas too. And that this is one of the reasons that every parent needs to become trauma-informed because it's not exactly what you think it is. As I mentioned just a second ago, little T traumas are those little paper cuts that add up over time and they can get infected, causing results that impede your kiddo's life on a daily basis. This can be in the form of daily name-calling, bullying, or them not understanding what's going on in the classroom or being able to interpret social cues. The list is endless, really. Another huge little t trauma that we often overlook is constantly being corrected. Imagine you're at work, so put yourself in their shoes. And I like to use these adult examples because it helps you understand your children. And your boss constantly reprimands you for not being able to spell, sit still, understand the instructions, fill out the proper forms correctly, or fill in the blank. Now, imagine your kiddo returning home from school or homeschool co-op with hundreds of these sorts of paper cuts. Can't regulate, doesn't understand the material, talks out of turn, 
To top off the trauma, you get a text, email, or phone call telling you your child isn't behaving. So you feel the need to lecture him. These little paper cuts add up and teach the child you aren't enough. Now, if you think that your child isn't just absorbing these little T traumas, then I'm not saying to wait until they're an adult, but when they are an adult, they will tell you. My kiddos who are adulting tell me all of those little things like, I overheard them say that about me at homeschool co-op, and that really hurt my feelings when they had said nothing about it at the time. And I was doing a, a workshop last week, and we were going through the free PDF that you can get on my website, How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos. And we were talking about the fact that some, you know, some kids, when they go out in public, they're just so well-behaved, you know, and then they come home and all H-E double hockey sticks breaks loose because they just, they can't do it any longer. It took so much energy to behave and be nice to people and try to pay attention to the coach or the teacher or the Sunday school teacher or whatever. And so, but the way that they are spoken to, the corrections, the phone calls, so that's where I was going with that. I remember I was telling them like every Friday after our homeschool co-op, I would get an email, I would get a, and a, I would get a phone call about one of my kids. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that was you? I mean, I think that we don't even process that sometimes. Like, oh, mom's getting that Friday night phone call from the teacher about me again. And the teacher's going to say, and the teacher would say, this, you know, I don't think that child should have talked about that in his book report. Or I don't think his speech material was appropriate. Like, oh, oh my goodness, on and on and on. Or he is so well behaved, but he didn't do any of the work. Well, because he couldn't. He was too busy trying to behave. He didn't even understand what you were talking about. But those things, they add up. They add up. And whether your child has trauma in his history, like it doesn't mean that your child had to be abused or had to be neglected or any of those things. Those little paper cut traumas, they add up. So, and they teach the child, you know what? You're just not good enough. So we don't want to do that. And that's why we need to become trauma-informed. All right, moving on to number two. And I have said this one before. In fact, I wrote an article about it, which I will link. Capital letter syndromes or trauma too. Before I delve into this point, let me say, suspecting your child has a capital letter syndrome. Maybe you think they have ADHD. Or maybe they have like extreme anxiety. You know, whatever it is, and you're, or maybe they're dyslexic. They can't figure out letters. They get everything backwards. Whatever is going on, I just want you to know that researching, jumping through the hoops to obtain a diagnosis, maybe getting an inaccurate diagnosis, then dealing with the aftermath is a trauma for you, dear parent, as well as the kiddos. It's just a trauma. I mean, it's just like... 
you're being grilled. You're I remember sitting in the psychologist's office with my son and him taking all the tests. And she came out and talked to me at one point and was like, so he won't finish that one. Like, he just won't. He was just kind of done. He was just done. So, you know, that's trauma. It's hard. So those are traumatic for everyone involved. So first, realizing your kiddo is struggling, then feeling unsure of where to turn, then navigating a new world of therapies, learning new terms. And here's a biggie. Watching your friend's parent with little effort seems unfair. And then there's that layer of guilt we parents feel, especially moms. That's a trauma too. So let's turn our attention to the kiddos. What sorts of trauma are they going through if they have a capital letter syndrome? I remember going through my um, autism training through Marshall University. And for one of our classes, they brought in some kids. They were, you know, some were teens and some were 20s, some 30s that were on the spectrum to talk about how they felt how they viewed the world, and those sorts of things. And it was very cool. It was, it was amazing. Those kids were amazing. But one of them said, you know, it's like being in, born into one country, but you're being given the, a map of another country with all of the cultural views and practices that are completely different than the country you're born into. So it's a struggle for them. It's as if they were born into a, to a world that instantly rejects them for having sensory issues, not understanding the social cues, not learning in the traditional way, stemming, or needing systems in place to help them regulate. And to use his example, this young man's example, it's as if they showed up in a country and were given the wrong roadmap. And the natives, that's us, instead of helping them read the map and navigate, yell at them that they're doing everything wrong. Been there, done that. They can't behave. These, these kiddos live in a world of correct instead of connect, which is why I created the guide connect instead of correct. I'll make sure I link that one too. I like creating PDFs, so I have a lot of them. All right, let's move on. Ooh, we live in a world where we are valued or our value is measured by the way that we can fit in, i.e. behave. And that's just, that's not really healthy for anyone. We obviously want our kiddos to be their distinct, unique selves with the gifts that they have, the talents that they have, the abilities that they have, and not get into a people-pleasing or chameleon. You know, when you're a chameleon, you're always changing yourself to fit a situation. And I struggle with that because, and I think a lot of people do, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm going to this event, so these people dress like this. I need to make sure I wear that kind of clothes. What are they going to talk about? I, I better get ready and rehearse it in my head. 
Oh my goodness. So if we're doing that and our kiddos are watching us, that's a whole nother topic. But going back just for a second here, because these kiddos can't regulate, they can't behave, they don't know social cues, they don't know how to read the map, they are re-traumatized by a world and culture they didn't ask to be born into. All right. Moving on to number three. Trauma-informed parenting is spirit-led, Jesus-following parenting. Now, I am a Christian, but one of the things that I've run up against in the Christian culture is sometimes people just think that connected parenting is letting a kiddo do anything that they want and just, you know, giving them sappy, sweet statements all the time, and that is not it at all, at all. So I'm going to begin with what I call my ministry, which is my business plus ministry verse. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives. That's Isaiah 61.1. And that is just the verse that God gave me years ago before we even adopted. And at first I like, I don't know what that means. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm still learning what it means. But here's one of the things I do know. In a culture that devalues life, especially children, we need to bring the good news to our children who are afflicted by what the Bible calls this present darkness or what's going on in the culture. All of these things that are always going on. We're supposed to be preaching the good news to our kids. If you're wondering what I mean by afflicted, take your kiddos to Target or any event and just record the responses of people around you. I know I was often on the receiving end of those responses, but you know what's worse? My children heard them all as well. And now that my children are adults, and even when they were teenagers, they would talk about those things that they heard about themselves. And one of the things that my children heard was because I have a large family and there were seven kiddos, they got treated as if they were one single organism that was, it was okay to talk about them as one single organism instead of seven distinct individuals with distinct personalities. And then I heard a lot of negative comments such as, did you, did you have to bring your children? Or... Why do you have so many children? So which child should cease to exist to please you? If you have a large family, you know what I'm talking about. But even if you don't have a large family, if you're out in public and your child gets overwhelmed, then all of a sudden it's like, can't you get that kid to behave? Or people just want you to leave. They just want you to go away. And I know that... My daughters have told me of situations that they've run into with their kiddos out in public where people have come up to them and said, you know, why'd you bring all your kids here? You know, and I know because it happened to me too, but it's, it's increased. 
It has increased those comments. Or the invitations rescinded because I had children who have experienced trauma and can't behave. And I've actually had people say to me, I'm sorry, we can't have your kiddos over anymore because of a name, fill in the blank. I'm sure you understand. And you know what? (laughs) Those kids hear those things. They remember them. They internalize them. I know, this is heavy stuff. The truth is we live in a culture that says a child should only be given the power to choose his gender, but only, only if she or he can regulate and behave and not take up too much space on the planet. Okay, I just got on a soapbox there that might be get me in trouble, but that's okay. Um, Moving on. What a child truly needs. What does a child truly needs? I'm talking about why every parent needs to be trauma-informed. So this is really included in that. A child does not need the life-altering choice when his brain isn't developed to make such a decision They don't need to choose their gender. They need to be assured of their value, their identity. He needs, he or she, needs the good news found in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. He was chosen, actually picked out before the foundation of the world. Each of these kiddos are valuable. God knew them before they were born. He knit them together in their mother's womb. These kiddos need the proclamation of release of confinement, confinement of condemnation and rejection. Okay? One more reason trauma-informed parenting is spirit-led, Jesus-following parenting is found in Ephesians 6.4, which says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What a power-packed instructional verse. When I think of all of the kiddos in foster care or kinship parenting scenarios, I'm overwhelmed because I want to help them all. So many kiddos need our help, our tender loving kindness, not judgment, and starting with our own. So, and if you're not a foster adoptive kinship capital letter syndrome parent, it's a mouthful. I guarantee that you see them in public. I guarantee that you see them at school, at church, at Target, at the library. This is why we all need to be trauma-informed. Our reactions to behaviors need to be rooted in compassion, empathy, and not legalism which sounds like if I would have done that, my mama would have beat my butt. You know, we've heard those statements. Like I said, my children, now that they are adulting, they remember those and we'll have conversations about them. 
because they're still wounded by those things. And who wouldn't be? And even if your child has never experienced serious, like big T traumas, you're listening to this podcast for a reason. And I hope that just me talking about this will get the conversation started in your family and in your church, which is one of those soapboxes that I get on often. I think that all churches need to be trauma-informed because the people coming in to our churches are wounded, broken, myself too. I'm not singling anybody out. And what we need is what Isaiah 61 says. We need that proclamation. You're free of condemnation. You're free of rejection. I've got good news for you. And we want our kiddos to hear this good news coming out of our mouth about them. And that's why we need to be trauma-informed. So thanks for joining me today. And... Make sure you go to the show notes to get the links for all of those things that I talked about. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on TraumaInformedParenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at trauma-informedparenting.com.